When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It is a football Friday here on Birds 365. Yeah, we know the Eagles won't be playing, but that's all right. We're counting down the days to when the Eagles will be playing again. Yeah, seems like a long way off, doesn't it? Uh, yours truly, Jody McDonald, with my partner, Johnny McMullen. Uh, we had a uh, good show yesterday with uh, Mike Sielska and Sielski and Ira Kaufman with us. And then shortly after we wrapped up, uh, the next domino fell. We talked yesterday, Jay Mac, about how the uh, Denver Broncos had found their new coach. And not shockingly, it's the former offensive coordinator of the Green Bay Packers. Let the Aaron Rodgers to the Mile High City rumors begin. Uh, and we said, will this be one of those domino effect type moves? One coach gets hired, which means another coach, and they just start to fall like dominoes. Well, pretty quickly, that was exactly what happened. The Chicago Bears decided to. Uh, come to an agreement with Matt Eberflus, uh, former D.C. of the Indianapolis Colts, uh, who did a good job for them. Uh, I don't know that I would call him a hot candidate, but his name had certainly been circled about out there. Um, but the most interesting thing here in Philadelphia is that no sooner did Eberflus get the gig that the rumors started that he may reach to Philadelphia here to try and add to his staff and pick up one of Nick Sirianni's guys to head to Indianapolis and uh, join Carson Wentz there, if Carson Wentz is their quarterback, uh, and, and become offensive coordinator for the Bears this upcoming season. Yeah, it's going to be interesting, Jody, because um, obviously they were all together, Matt Eberflus, um, uh, Nick Sirianni, Kevin Petullo, and there's you know Jason Michael, Jonathan Gannon, uh, all together on that Indianapolis staff. So, you know, that's what you do generally. You bring in people you know, and, uh, you know, if Matt is offering that offensive coordinator job, it's something that Kevin Petullo would have to seriously consider. But, man, him and Nick Sirianni are close. <laughs> I mean, they are – you remember back to when Nick got COVID, and it was Kevin Petullo. You know, who's going to be the head coach if Nick can't go? Who's going to – you say, is it the special teams coordinator? That's what they usually do now in the NFL. Rich Passaccia, the perfect example. Michael Clay is very young. Um, this is going to be the offensive coordinator. Shane Steichen, defensive coordinator. Gannon with all the head coaching uh, kerfuffle around him. Nope, it's going to be Kevin Petullo, uh, the passing game coordinator. And those two are really, really close. So it's going to be interesting because, you know, you had texted me and and I thought they changed the rule. And, you know, the NFL is like Larry King. They change rules like they change wives. So it's 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 very difficult to keep up with things. In the past, if, if guys were under contract and Kevin's under contract, you could block them from so-called lateral moves. Now, fans don't understand that. Anything described as a lateral move in days past were basically anything but head coach. And John Filippo would be the perfect example of this. The Jets wanted to make him their offensive coordinator was under contract. 
a number of years ago, the Eagles blocked him. It was not the greatest uh, <laughs> response from John um, and was unhappy about it, understandably so, uh, because, you know, you're blocking people from advancing in their career. Can't do that anymore. Uh, 2020 is when the rule was changed. So, but then you have all these, and at the same time, Jody, you know, people, you know, they come up with inventive ways. Uh, and now the ways, and I've joked about it, are the titles. And this is probably why the titles started to come into play. Mm-hmm. Are you a Cheers fan, Jody? Um, the back in the day, surely was. I yeah. don't watch it on. Uh, Not as many people watch people. it. It was a great I, I show. I still watch. I it still watch the Odd show. Couple, even though it's forty some odd years old. I I see an Odd Couple episode on Decade. Yeah. I stay for it. I don't do that with Cheers. But when it was on first run, oh, I was yeah. as big a Cheers fan as anybody. Some people might remember there was an episode where Rebecca was running the bar. For those who know the show. And she couldn't get, everybody was angry and they wanted raises and they hadn't had raises for years. She didn't have the money to give them raises. So she gave them titles and everybody was happy uh, with their brand new spanking new titles. And now that's 2020. You could take it back. And this is when you, had, you saw the titles and the passing game coordinators and the run game coordinators and this and that the assistant head coach became a little bit bigger a little bit before then. And you have all these titles uh, and they're differentiated. Now you have defensive passing game coordinators, offensive passing game coordinators. So it'll be interesting to see what the Eagles try to say, you know, if they want to keep Kevin Petulo. And I assume they do want to keep Kevin Petulo. But the bottom line is they're really good friends, as I said. And I don't think Nick Sirianni would want to – prevent Kevin Petullo from advancing in his career at the end of the day. So ultimately, if Matt Eberflus wants to make him the OC, I think he's going to be the OC in Chicago. Yeah. Let me ask you about those titles. Is there even a quasi accepted uh, list coming from top to bottom as to uh, the lowest possible coaching spot on a team as compared to head coach. Then you would go coordinator, offense, defense, special teams, and then positionally. Where does game coordinator fit into the mix? Is that above or below a positional coach status? I would assume it's got to be considered below coordinator on one of the two sides of the ball, but is it above the quarterback's coach, below the quarterback's coach? I, I know that uh, if you can tell me where I'd look it up, I'd look it up, but I don't even know if you can do that. So I'm just asking for the John McMullen expertise here. Uh, where does game coordinator fall on the pecking order? It's a good question, Jody. Uh, it doesn't fall on the pecking order, and that's why I have these these titles. Um, so when they changed the rule, which was May 2020, the NFL now requires all teams to submit in writing its coaching organizational structure and job description. And then if there's a debate from there, in other words, if the Eagles go, Hey, we're going to make Kevin the head coach. He's higher than, um, you know, a coordinator. He's in the same position as a typical, what you would think of offensive and defensive coordinator. 
when it comes down to interviewing for another job, if they want to go that direction, which again, I don't think they would, but if they want to go down that direction, the King decides, Roger Goodell decides um, whether they should be allowed uh, to interview for that particular job. Now, again, I don't think the Eagles would do that, but teams do have to put their organizational structure in writing to the league to explain because of those nuances, so to speak. So um, you've got a better grasp on this than I do um, because it's kind of a influx type title designation. I guess the most important thing you would do, and the Eagles would know this, they might not want to share it with Roger Goodell. They don't want to lose Mr. Petullo. Uh, they know how much conversation is at, how much the coach actually leans on the person's expertise, either during the week, practices, putting together uh, depth charts, certainly play calling on Sundays. How important is Petullo to what the Eagles did? We know Sirianni likes him, Sirianni respects him, but how much hands-on effect did he have with the Eagles for 17 games this year? A lot. Um, you know, if you go – the first time I realized it was Nick was doing one of his early press conferences. It might have been his first, but it was very, very early. Um, he was explaining what all first-time head coaches – explain or realize for the first time and I realized whoa there's a lot more to this job than my previous job as a coordinator mm -hmm. and he would say you know Kevin was one of the first people he brought on he essentially you know brought him in with with when he got hired and you know he he explained in that press conference you know if I had to do media if i had to do interviews if i had to do organizational structure meetings if i had to do something i'd say hey kevin call this guy kevin call this guy trying to put together his coaching staff um you know get in touch because he didn't have the time like he's been his right hand man since the day he walked in the building um so a, a lot they're very very close um, and then I think the next logical answer is why didn't he make him the offensive coordinator? Uh, that, thank and, you for reading my mind yeah. and answering my next question before I asked it. Because I think his job is bigger um, than just uh, running the offensive meetings. So it is a, a little bit of a, a strange thing. And that sort of borne out when he did get COVID and everybody was trying to speculate who was going to be the head coach and, Nobody was, you know, Kevin Petullo wasn't on the top of everybody's mind. And there we are. Kevin's going to do the job, which I think kind of explains he's got a more all-encompassing job than a typical coordinator is, is how I would describe it. And there's and, a lot of administrative tasks, which, again, people don't care about, people don't think about, but it, it's it's part of the – it's part of the whole thing. It's part of the whole process. When you're a head coach, it's arguably a bigger part of the process than the X's and O's. So when you're involved with setting up schedules or logistical things or practice, or, you know, how are we going to do this? How are we going to do that? It, it, it's, it's pretty important. But when you're a young coach, Kevin's 40, um, you know, you have ambition. 
and he knows, well, the easiest way to get a head coaching job, you can, you could sit somebody down and explain these, all this nuance, but they're, they, you know, they're not in Philadelphia. They don't understand it. Um, if you're an offensive coordinator or a defensive coordinator, they understand it. You're on the radar. And then if you want to flesh this out even further and he gets the job, you have a young quarterback um, with a lot of talent who struggled as a rookie. And if he turns it on in year two and you're the coordinator, who do you think's getting credit for that? I mean, he could be on head coaching list next year if he takes this job and, and Justin feels improves to a significant degree, that's how quickly it could happen. So if he gets, if he gets offered the job, I, I, it would be really, really difficult to turn it down. All right. Uh, time for, you know what time it is for John? One of Jody Mac's favorite things. What is that? Hypothetical. Uh, hypothetical. We should get a, we should get like a bell. Xander, can we get some kind of bell? Um, you mentioned how uh, when Filippo was the quarterback, Jets <laughs> wanted him as offensive quarterback. The Eagles said, yeah, no, 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 no. Um, so the NFL has its hierarchy of what jobs line up in what position and whether it is a quote-unquote lateral move or not. And you seem to agree that this would not be, and the Eagles couldn't essentially block it if they wanted to. Um what they could do if they were desperate not to lose Kevin Petullo. And I don't know this is the case. You've explained very well what he did for the Eagles and his relationship with Nick Sirianni, but I'm not sure how Jeff Ro- uh, Jeff Laurie and Howie Roseman feel uh, about the invaluability of uh, Kevin Petullo. They, if the NFL came in and said, sorry, if somebody's going to offer him their OC job, you can't stop it from happening. Would the Eagles even consider making him their offensive coordinator and moving off a guy like Shane Steichen if they were desperate to not lose Petulo? If Sirianni walked in, and we think that Sirianni's got a real good relationship with Steichen as well, but if he has to make a choice between the two, if Lori asked, listen, we can only block one of you guys. So if you want to keep Petulo, we got to make him the OC. Um, would the Eagles think about doing something like that? How do you think Sirianni would handle it? No, I, I don't think he would touch Shane. I think he was very happy with Shane Steichen, the way things worked out. Maybe the media isn't because he doesn't answer questions the best, but I think Nick is very happy with him. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's difficult. You know, I go all the way back. I always talk about the 1999 Eagles coaching staff, Andy Reid's first coaching staff, because, I mean, if you look back, it's one of the greatest staffs of all time. When, he, you know, guys who became head coaches, uh, uh, Brad Childress start with him, um, David Culley, who just, you know, obviously was one and done, but forever will have that tag on his resume now. Pat Shermer. Um, Ron Rivera, Leslie Frazier, Spags was on that staff. John Harbaugh was on that staff. Sean McDermott was on that staff. Um, and that doesn't even bring in the coordinators. Jim Johnson, who didn't want a head coaching job, could have had one. Um, and Rod Dowhauer, who had been a head coach before he came to Philadelphia. I mean, that's that's what they call deep. Yeah. Um, now. The thing is, you know, if you go and Andy was here for a long time, but you could argue, you know, 
towards the end, uh, and I think it's more shelf life, but still, when you lose good coaches and you got to replace them, it gets a little bit worse. It's like a, it's like making a copy on a copy machine. You replicate it, gets a little bit worse each time. A little bit worse. You know, you're going to bring in a special team coach as good as John Harbaugh. Good luck. You know, I yeah, Ron Rivera, Les Frazier, some of those defensive coaches, Spags. Um, I mean, it it is what it is. So you think you're going to have a little bit of time together. And already this coaching staff is potentially getting plucked of two key members. And we'll see. Houston's gone really, really uh, quiet the past couple of days. I thought Jonathan was going to get that job. We'll see. Um, and, you know, if Kevin Petulo leaves and who knows, then you might, then they might start taking guys now, you know, Nick joked when he, when he was asked about losing Jonathan, you know, what's your rule about taking assistance? Uh, and he said, don't take them. And he smiled, but Hey, guess what? Nick Sirianni got it. Who he took the Kevin Petulo. He took Jonathan Gannon. He took Jason Michael. You're usually going to take one or two, maybe lower uh, on the totem pole guys, but you could see it, you know, if things go in that direction. Now there's talk that Ian Cunningham would go to the Bears in the front office as well. Um, yeah, it's 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 bigger than – we were talking before the show started, and you said there's going to be no Eagles bombs today. You're probably right, but I said – you know, improvised explosive device, IED, if Kevin Petula or somebody uh, gets uh, gets a gig like that. It's a bigger, Ian Cunningham, it's a bigger deal than people think it is. And um, I'm not disagreeing. I just don't think anything's going to happen today, maybe over the weekend. Um, and uh, the alternative, you talked about uh, you don't want to lose guys and then you have to replace guys and it's not as easy as people think it is. I agree with everything you, you said. Here's the alternative. Nobody touches your staff. Yeah, and they all. You know stink. what? Yeah, that's yeah. not a good sign. If nobody sign, wants yeah. any of the guys you have on your staff, when the league is changing, and we got up to nine different coaching openings, which means nine new staff, which means a whole bunch of guys need to fill it in new places. If nobody wants any of your guys, that's not a good sign. No, you no, want at true. least inquiries and interest. That if you can do your your thing and you can keep them in place, that's good. But you at least want people asking. You want rumors out there that they want your guys. They want to uh, pull this guy out. They want to snap that guy. If nobody's asking, it means your coaching staff's not that good to begin with. Yeah, yeah. And I always, you know, it, it's interesting here. And here's the problem with the Eagles. It's sort of a, a back look. The NFL's going in a direction, and I call them. <laughs> I joke. They want to hire Coles models. You know, they're not supermodels, but, you know, they're in a Coles catalog. They want a certain type. And, you know, Kevin's a perfect example. Nick was a perfect example. Sean McVay started it. We all know, you know, a young guy, good three o'clock shadow. Uh, but in all reality, they're, they're good football minds. But you, you get the point. Like Jeff Stoutland might be the best assistant coach in the NFL. He's in the conversation. There's a lot of good ones. He's he's on the short list. Um, nobody's talking about hiring Jeff because he's uh, because of his age uh, and and things like that. And 
you know, he realizes it and he doesn't want to go anywhere at this point. He loves coaching offensive line and he realizes that's his calling in life and that's what he wants. So it's, you know, when they went this direction, hired this young coaching staff, Brian Johnson's another one as the quarterback's coach. Well, they they should have known that there was the pen- potential to lose these guys pretty quickly. Well, uh, I'd rather have them interested than not interested at all. John McMullen, Jody McDonald, you Mac and Mac Birds 365 guys. At some point, we'll turn our attention to the two big games this weekend, AFC, NFC Championship game, Andy Reid back to a championship game again. Yeah. All together too often, Eagle fans, since he left here, but it was time to move on from Andy. It is time for us to move on to our first break. When we return... Although there will be games played this weekend, not Eagle games, but Eagle games just the same. If that's the case, then we need a contribution from game day Kratz. Ed Kratz, Johnny's uh, buddy from Sports Illustrated, joins us next here on Birds 365. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view. It goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want. Or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the wind. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. You know you like being right. That's why you should enroll in an Independence Blue Cross plan. It's the health plan chosen by more people than any other. With more doctors and hospitals. More benefits that really rock. More of the coverage you want for the right price, including free doctor visits 24-7. It's a choice you can feel good about. Because when you're right, you're right. And when you've got Independence Blue Cross, you're right where you need to be. Call 1-844-200-2583 today to get an Independence Blue Cross plan. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. It is a football Friday here on Birds 365. Mac and Mac guys, McMullen and McDonald. Joined by our Football Friday game day guy, 
Ed Kratz, Johnny's running mate at Sports Illustrated. Good enough to hop on board with us. Uh, what are you doing this weekend, Kratzy? I might be shoveling some snow. Ah, you're going to uh, get lucky again. We're, yeah. we're going to get it worse than you. That's okay. out in the western suburbs. We're going to get whacked here in South Jersey again. Good. Good to hear. <laughs> oh, hold on. I got something in my eye, Ed. Yeah, thank you very much. Let me help you with that. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it's snowing right now, so I don't know. I don't know what they're calling for. I mean, Did I, really? I, I, I didn't look outside. Yeah, there's supposed to be the, the, the heavy stuff, to use my Bill Murray, is not going to come down until tonight, so you're fine. You yeah. might get a, a, a dusting uh, before that. I spend way too much time. Uh, looking at weather forecast yeah but that's well, partially my wife's uh influence as well so yeah well, they're another right little there. thing you learn about <laughs> disturbing thing probably yeah they're, i well i thought i saw they're calling for between two and 20 inches the last time i saw <laughs> yeah. is that right i mean they really haven't narrowed down here don't they? Yeah. i put that I, I i put that headline up we asked ira kaufman about that yesterday either that was from the new york daily news so i joked i said you know what? I was thinking about keeping it uh, a trace to 21 issue, yes. 21 inch. But I really wanted to lock down this prediction. They want two, two to 20. Yeah, that's pretty amazing that they put that out there. But all right, nobody turns into first 365 for the weather, Ed. So I'm going to change to the Philadelphia Eagles. And now all of a sudden, the Chicago Bears are sniffing around Kevin Petulo and Ian Cunningham. Uh, reports are Matt Eberflus obviously was on uh, uh, the staff, Frank Reich staff with Nick Sirianni, Petulo, Jonathan Gannon, Jason Michael, on and on and on. So that's the way this industry works. How much does it hurt the Eagles if they lose? And remember, who was going to be the interim coach when Nick had COVID? It was going to be Kevin Petulo, his right-hand man. Yeah, Concerned at all that the staff will be unsettled after one year and we still have Jonathan Gannon potentially going to Houston as well yeah well you know listen I any good team is going to lose coaches from its staff and I, you know the Eagles were a marginally good team this year um you know I'm not real concerned about losing Kevin Petullo I know him and Sirianni are close he calls him his right hand man like you said and he was going to be kind of the interim coach I think he was just going to be kind of the, the uh decision maker right Go, going yeah. into the game like are we going to call heads ceo coach which everybody should have, whoa 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 whoa, yeah. whoa 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 are you suggesting kevin petullo might not have deferred <laughs> you, if you, he had you, been the head coach you said that Jody you say it, Ed Kratz? Yeah. yeah listen that's part of his game day role i mean you know so listen I'm with you, Jody. I, I don't like the uh, take the ball robots or, or defer robots, I guess I yeah. should say. Um, By the way, Kevin would have got fired if he took the ball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah I, that's I, okay. He could land in Chicago. So, Kevin, true. don't sweat it, big guy. Yeah, I, I, there's always a disruption, I think, in a, in a staff if you lose somebody. And you might lose, like you said, Gannon and maybe Petulo, But you know, I don't think it's the end of the world. I think, you know, anybody's replaceable and they would find someone else and move on from there. I mean, and maybe keep the same system, maybe tweak a little bit of the system, but um, yeah, I'm not that concerned about losing a Kevin Petullo and even a Jonathan Gannon. I mean, you know, I think that the system is going to be what it is. A new coach might tweak it a bit, but I, you know, you have your personnel in place more or less. You're going to have changes obviously at the personnel side, but um, you know, I think it would be, pretty seamless if they were to lose either one 
Ed, uh, I have to well, borderline apologize, but not really because I've enjoyed it too much. Uh, I pimped you a couple times about uh, Brandon Brooks, uh, who today had his uh, or this week had his uh, retirement day down at uh, the Novacare Complex. He said he's going to start taking classes at the University of Penn. We know all the injuries that he's had. When he's right, he's one of the best offensive linemen. And I do say all-inclusive offensive linemen, not just guard or right guard in the entire National Football League. He's 32. A lot of guys play past 32. Yeah. A year of just sitting around and not doing anything and not rehabbing. His body starts to feel amazing. Is there any chance that Brandon Brooks rethinks his position? I could point to the Gronks of the world and the guys who have come back from retirement. Is this a complete 100% done deal, or are you putting it at about 98? Uh, well, gee, am I the one you want to ask that question? Yes, because you just <laughs> told me he was coming back. That's what I'm saying. this inside. I thought you had an inside information lane. <laughs> Yeah, well, I, I, then I'm not going to close the door. Um, but listen, I when he came out of his last surgery, I think it was uh, the Achilles. Uh, it was before the pec strain. I mean, he, he came in at like 280 pounds, 280. Yeah. Remember all that weight he lost? And yeah. I, I think he felt really good at that weight. And then he had to gain it all back to get back up to the, you know, the non-human weight of 340 pounds or so. I mean, that... You know, that up and down stuff is not good, obviously, for the body. So, you know, I, I wonder if some of what the weight that he lost out of, out of his last surgery kind of impacted his decision, too. You know, he's walking around at 280 and he probably feels pretty good and everything else feels pretty good. So uh, I think he likes that part of it. And, you know, I, I say I won't close the door, but I would be very surprised if, if Brandon Brooks played again. I think he's sincere about. Uh, his desire to move on from the game. And, you know, he left on kind of his terms, I guess you could say. I mean, he didn't hang on too long. He didn't struggle through another injury. Um, and I think he's sincere about it. I think he'll go to business school. Someone asked me if he, if I thought he could get in to business school. Yeah, he'll get you know, in. If he's smart he'll enough. I'm like, yeah, I, I think uh, I think in. he'll get in. I it think could that be a potential resume. endowment if he's not smart yeah. enough. <laughs> exactly. For the Wharton School of Business. Andrew yeah. Bryant, our buddy, will get him in, trust me. Yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah. He, he won't have any trouble getting in. But, I, yeah. you know, listen, I, I would like to see him, you know, be a coach at some point, maybe do an internship like Trey Thomas did uh, for the Eagles back in the day. And you see the Eagles take some of these former uh, players of theirs, like Connor Barwin and Brent Selleck and, uh, Darren Sproles, to, I guess, to a lesser extent. You don't see Sproles as much, but Barwin's there every single day uh, at practice. So, you know, I, I kind of like to see him maybe transition into something like that. But, uh, you know, maybe see him in spring training as kind of a mentor uh, to some different players. But, yeah, I, Jody, I, I'm never going to close the door 100%, but I would say that this probably uh, is the end for Brandon Brooks. I think you can close that door for this reason. You hit on the reason, Ed, and that's the weight. Um, You know, because if you think about it, if if the Wharton School of Business is too difficult and the Eagles suffer injuries and it's week 13, they're making a playoff run, and they say, yeah, let's call up Brian and see if he wants to play. You hit the nail on the head. He's going back down to 260. He loves working out, MMA, kickboxing, all that stuff. You know, he looked like 
a bodybuilder when he was rehabbing uh, from the second Achilles tear. So he's going to go back down to 275. So even if somebody called him, he wouldn't be ready to play. He'd have to go back to 340, 335 to be Brandon Brooks. So I think the minute he does that, the door is shut. I, I really think uh, – and, and he's also very thoughtful. We joked about, you know, can he get in the pan? He probably can. He's a very thoughtful, yeah. very intelligent person, anybody who listened to – 40 plus minutes earlier this week knows how smart he is. Um, and I just think he, he, you know, as he mentioned, he heard his body talking to him. And I do think we can, we can close the door on Brandon Brooks. And, and that leads me to my next question. We're closing the door on a lot of people, Ben Roethlisberger um, yesterday in Pittsburgh, but more notably, is still the potential that Tom Brady walks away in Tampa. Then we have the potential Aaron Rodgers either walks away, which is unlikely, or more likely <clears throat> is headed out to Denver. Sean Payton walked away, at least for a short time. Don't close the door on him. He'll be back. This NFC could be wide open, Ed Kratz. If that if that's the if if that happens, Tom Brady's gone. Aaron Rodgers is in the AFC. Sean Payton's gone. Does that change your philosophy? If you're Howie Roseman and Jeffrey Lurie, like we got a chance. It, 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 does that change your thought process going into this offseason? In terms of what bringing in another quarterback, a veteran quarterback, or just anything going anything. the LA Rams all in route, we'll call it as they get prepared to try to go to the Super Bowl. Yeah, I, I'm not so sure about that. I think they're going to stay the course with their draft picks. I mean, they went all in when they won the 2017 Super Bowl, right? They traded away picks. They tried to keep that window open for as long as they could, and then they paid the price. Um, you know, now they're kind of retooling the roster uh, to get younger, and, you know, these draft picks let them do that. But – I think you can just stay the course. And like you said, the NFC is wide open. If you stay the course and you have another good draft uh, this year, you put together some free agents and can come in and make an impact. Uh, then why, you know, why would you change the course? Why not just keep the course what it is and try to become the best team in this wide open NFC. But, you know, it's weird when you look at the two conferences and you, the quarterback play. I mean, who who yeah. are the good quarterbacks or the great quarterbacks now if Rodgers and Brady leave in the NFC? I mean, they're the legacy quarterbacks. I mean, who who's the who's the really good quarterback now? Do you put Matthew Stafford in there? Or I mean, who exactly? Meanwhile, in the AFC, you have, you know, the Joe Burrow and the Patrick Mahomes, which is gonna Josh be a great yeah. should be a great shootout on Sunday. Everybody's really conceding a Chiefs win, but I say not so fast on that. But uh, you know, the quarterback play in the AFC right now is is younger and it's better than what it is in the NFC. Now, maybe that will change, uh, you know, this in this coming draft where there really aren't quarterbacks expected to be great. But, you know, who knows about that? So uh, I just think the quarterback play in the NFC is not nearly as good in the AFC. And that gives the Eagles a chance. I mean, where does Jalen Hurts fit in the mix? And, you know, maybe that's a discussion, you know, for another time, but where does Jalen Hurts fit in that quarterback mix in the NFC? I mean, where? Wait till, wait till Kevin Petullo gets his hands on Justin Fields. Watch no. out, uh, <laughs> Chicago Bears fans. Um, yeah, hopefully, I'd love uh, to see young quarterback play. 
develop, you know, and, and in the New York Jets, Jody, your beloved Jets, where does, you know, uh, where does your quarterback fit in that AFC mix? That's um, a tougher, tougher landscape. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's got more landmines in the AFC to uh, yes. get over. Uh, let me follow up on John's question because it, it lends itself to a, a specific line of thinking. Um, this offseason for the Eagles, they're kind of in a balancing act position. Because, yes, transitional, like Jeff Flory said, and that's what Howie Roseman said in the final press conferences is their direction this year. But they did make the playoffs. They were above 500. There could be lesser teams to compete with in the NFC. So I think they're on that cutting edge kind of balancing act, which you don't want to go like the Rams all in and give up all your draft picks. But nor do you want to say... Yeah, no, we're just uh, got a young, 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 young. We're we're not really Super Bowl contenders. Eagle fans aren't going to want to hear that a little bit. So you got to try and balance it. One guy they got uh, as a prospective free agent this season is um, their uh, starting safety, Mister McLeod. I think he's still got game. I think he got better as the year went on. He is a veteran leader of this team. Brandon Brooks wasn't an outspoken guy, but he certainly was a veteran presence on this line. And they basically were without him all year. So you you factor that in. But Rodney came back and played. And as the season went on, I thought he got better and played better each and every single week. He's one of those cutting edge guys. Do you move on from him just because of his age? Do you move on him because of his level of play? Do you make a concerted effort to keep him because of what he brings to the table? I, I think it's interesting just because this week he comes in, uh, we're looking at him the same week that uh, they they lose a guy from the same exact free agent class back in 2006. They bought uh, McLeod and Brooks in together. What do you think they're going to do with Rodney McLeod, Ed Kratz? Yeah, It's interesting. You know, him and him and Brooks are the same age. Uh, McLeod has a similar injury history uh, to Brooks with his ACL injuries. Um, and, and it was interesting to hear McLeod talk about how, you know, his knee wasn't really to where it was before he tore the ACL, you know, and that was deep into the season when he kind of admitted to us, right, John, at a press yeah, conference. Uh, his knee. December. So, um, yeah, I mean, there were 10 months away from the surgery yeah. and he was still, 12 months away and it still wasn't hundred percent. So I, I would love to see them bring McLeod back, but I, I think that those injuries to his knees have robbed him of some of his speed. And at 32, you're not going to get faster. Um, I mean, I think you almost have to check into the health of that knee. He'd be a great guy, obviously to have, you know, in the locker room, but I just think he, he's more of a liability at this point you know, on the defensive side of the ball. And you have to find a way to kind of transition into a younger uh, back end. Now, you know, maybe they'll bring McLeod back for a year deal. I'm not sure his market's really going to develop in the offseason. I don't think there's going to be a big contract waiting for him. So maybe you bring him back on a one-year deal again and you play a year-to-year with him and you see, you roll the dice. But I think if you do that, and maybe you draft somebody and then you just transition away from McLeod. You know, you cut back on his snaps, but he's still a presence in the locker room and on the team. Um, but you need to get better on that back end. And bringing Rodney McLeod back is not going to make you better on the field. Yeah, and you, I, I tend to agree with you, Ed. Uh, the question to me would be a more all-encompassing question at safety. Do you really want to replace both starters? Uh, is it a decision that you want to bring one back and uh, 
potentially draft a, 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 a safety, try to get younger, try to get that turnover. Remember, you have the three first-round picks, the kid from Notre Dame. I always forget his name. Jody, help me. Uh, nice. yeah. Kyle Hamilton. Kyle Hamilton. Hamilton. And, yeah. and by the way, I'm seeing mock drafts that have him falling all the way down to the Eagles. Uh, uh, I'll, I'll uh, object and tell you no chance, no shot. I think the kid could get taken in the top five, and certainly yeah. it's going to be a top ten. I don't think there's any, any way he comes all the way down. Well, you know you know how those things go. When he gets to the combine, what's he going to run? Is he going to run a 4-4? Four, four? Then he's probably going top five. If he runs a 4-6, then maybe he starts to fall a little bit, and the Eagles can get him. But I think you want that security blanket. And remember, you could – package you know if he starts dropping to 10 or 11 you could package 15 16 go up and get him uh and do something of that nature or you know 15 the second round pick whatever you have to do uh to go up and get a player depending how high you have to go up and get get him he'd be a perfect fit for this defense though and but you still want that security blanket you want one veteran and is marcus epps are you comfortable with just marcus epps as the somebody coming back in the system? Uh, well, at, there's a role for Epps for sure, but you're right, John. I mean, to lose both safeties. But again, it, it, if I had to make a decision between McLeod and Harris, I'd probably lean toward Harris at this point. Um, he doesn't exactly have the speed either that excites you, but uh, I think he's got more speed than Rodney. He's got less of an injury history. I think he's a year younger in the scheme of things. I don't know how much that matters, but um, I would just lean toward Harris. Um, and he, he's a veteran presence too, you know, it would be his second year on the team. Um, he's got longer history with Gannon as well. Right. Right. If Gannon's back, but yeah, I, I would probably lean toward Harrison, you know, like I said, McLeod, you know, great, uh, player for this organization since 2016 has meant a lot in the community. Uh, you know, he's just a, a good all around guy and you hate to say goodbye to guys like that. And when you look at, you know, who the Eagles have left from that Super Bowl team. It was just four years ago, like what, next week when we had the parade. I mean, there's not many guys left that are yeah. under contract. You know, I think there's six players left. And that that's really amazing that just four years later, there's only six players under contract uh, that played on that Super Bowl team. And I'm not counting McLeod there because he's not under contract, but um, I, I think I would move on from Rodney uh, unless, again, he takes a one-year deal, uh, very low money, uh, and is willing to kind of accept a role that may decrease as the season goes on based on what you do in the offseason at that position. Understand the desire and the need for the Eagles to get younger in the secondary. So let me put it this way, Ed Kratz. One year, five or six million dollars, not outrageous. A fair market value, but short term, only one year. You're bringing back one of three uh, secondary starters last year. Harris, McLeod, Stephen Nelson. You can only bring one back. Which one you bring back? Well, I think I went with Nelson when you asked me that a little while ago. Um, but looking at the safety conundrum, losing both would hurt. Uh, and I really think they will take a corner at some point in this draft that they're going to hope can step right in day one, you know, maybe it's Zach McPherson. I don't know. Um, you know, they took him last year and what the fourth or fifth round, fourth round, I guess it was, but, um, yeah, I would, I would, I, <laughs> I said, Nelson, I'm still sticking with Nelson. And then I would go Harris and then McLeod, but I, I get what you guys are saying that 
to lose both veteran safeties in a room where you don't have that security blanket if things don't go the way you hope in the offseason. Um, but I think they're going to probably spend some of that money they have now on the cap. I think that's it's going to be a safety and it's going to be a receiver, I think, is, is there are two of those targets with that free agent money. So uh, if they sign a veteran uh, safety that's young, like the guy from New Orleans, Williams, or your boy Jody, Marcus May, um, you know, I don't see them bringing back either one of them. You know, they'll sign a veteran that's younger, faster, yeah. and then they'll draft one, and then they'll roll the dice. They may even bring in a couple, uh, uh, you know, a couple guys in the draft that's safety. So I just think they'll probably sign somebody that's cheaper and younger and probably more effective at this stage of his career than either Harris or McLeod. All right, Ed, let's shift to on – field action game day crowds because there is football this weekend it's championship sunday and i'm pretty excited with these matchups especially uh cincinnati kansas city because i'm with you i think that's going to be an explosive explosive game i think cincinnati struggled with tennessee because of tennessee's front I don't think Kansas City can bring that kind of pressure on a consistent basis and that Kansas City uh, secondary can be gashed and gashed. And if anybody can gash you, it's Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase the last time they played the Kansas City Chiefs, which you don't have to go back very far. It was week 17 when the Bengals clinched the AFC title, uh, AFC North title. They came back from two touchdowns down to win the game Jamar Chase had 266 receiving yards. Joe Burrow had well over 400 passing yards. I think we're going to see a shootout uh, on Sunday afternoon. That's the first game. Your thoughts? Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think Joe Burrow in that game was 30 for 39. I mean, that's just crazy. Uh, And we all know this Chiefs defense is not very good. That's been their Achilles heel all year. Um, You know, they struggle against good quarterbacks, just like the Eagles. I think most teams do struggle against good quarterbacks. Um, But, you know, this Chiefs defense is not very good. Granted, this is a much bigger step up than it was that week. What was it, week 17 or week 18 matchup that they played? Um, Week 17, I think. Yeah. So granted, the stakes are much higher here, uh, you know, and we all talked about how the experience of Jalen Hurts and Devontae Smith and Landon Dickerson playing for the University of Alabama helped them in a big game. I'm not sure it did in Tampa, but, but, uh, you know, Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow won a national championship together at at LSU in 2019, I think it was. So, you know, they're, they've played in big games before, but, you know, they've got to protect Burrow against that Chiefs front. I mean, he was sacked nine times against the Titans and still led that team to victory. I mean, that's just amazing when you think about that. But, yeah, I think it's going to be a shootout. I think it – but how does it top last week's game? You know, the, the last – That's last tough. Weekend, how does yeah. this weekend top those four from last week? And yeah. I don't know. Uh, I hope they're just as compelling and just as exciting. And – you know, the, I think the Chiefs are seven-point favorites, which is a lot of points to, to lay here in this game. I know it's in Arrowhead Stadium. The last meeting was in the jungle there on the Ohio River in Cincinnati's home stadium. But it, it, this is a big step for the Bengals. And if they can take this step, I mean, that that would be huge for them. I, I think it's going to be tough. I really do. I think the Chiefs probably won't win by seven, but I think they'll probably win the game. 
Um, but the Bengals are going to make it tough for them, no doubt, because they can move the football against this Chiefs defense. The question is, can they stop Patrick Mahomes? And not many teams yeah, can do probably that. Probably not. Yeah. And that this part, probably defense, not. Yeah. They, I, I couldn't. They're good. They're better right. than people think. They're I, better I than. I, other than Trey Hendrickson, who I think has 14 sacks. Great I mean, year. Great you year. have to look on you gotta like you have to be Logan Wilson is Logan Wilson is a hell of a linebacker, and that's one guy that the Eagles should have considered. Uh yeah. what draft was that? Probably 20, 2020. Um yeah, he's I turned into a heck of a player. Didn't yeah. didn't the Eagles get Wilson as a linebacker this offseason? <laughs> they oh, got no. a they got a Wilson. Yeah, yeah, they, they got, got the wrong right, Wilson. They got the wrong right, Wilson. They got Mr. Um, Wilson. Eddie, uh, here's one of my concerns from a Cincinnati standpoint, and I'm kind of hoping and leaning toward them for close game purposes. Is this a coaching mismatch? Mm, yes. Uh, yes. Oh, yeah. I, mean, <laughs> I jumped in there. Yeah. Checking boxes. Yeah, the, yeah. I would check the Chiefs box on the coaching front there. Sure. Andy Reid. You mentioned it earlier, Jody's been the four straight AFC championship games, went to four straight NFC championship games. Uh, what what has uh, Zach Taylor done? I mean, uh, this is his first <laughs> championship game. So, yes. Uh, I don't want to think about that. But, I, I, you know, I call that Jody's a pro wrestling fan like me, Ed. You're more the amateur wrestling style coach. Coach of the – what is it, Penridge? Penridge? Yeah. Penridge Rams, yeah, we yes. just won our league championship. There we the go, night. championship coach. Uh, yeah, so I'll say that. But I yep. will, I will call the coaching matchup a squash match. In Jerry, <laughs> I, yeah. I, I wasn't ready to go there, but yeah. uh, you yeah, know, yeah, why I asked the question. But I will say, and I'll turn that to the NFC. We'll get your thoughts on the NFC. You know, there's a lot of talk in the NFC that Kyle Shanahan's in Sean McVay's head. And I like what Sean McVay said. He said, you guys put too much emphasis on coaching. You know, it's about the players and nobody's in anybody's head, which we can debate. But if that's the case, maybe it's not that big of a deal. And when I look at this Rams team and how they played against the Buccaneers. Now, if you clean up the mistakes, the stupid snap, the fumbles, they win that game going away. That front with Aaron Donald and teaming up Von Miller and you have Leonard Floyd, uh, they just were all over Tom Brady. Um, and they went all in. We talked about that a little bit earlier. That is a ta- talented, talented group for the Los Angeles Rams against a team from San Francisco that's got to do some different things and got to scheme up things to win football games. You think the Rams finally get over the hump against Kyle Shanahan's 49ers? Well, you mentioned it is uh, Shanahan and McVay's head. How about the players' heads, uh, the Rams' heads? You know, the 49ers have beaten them six straight times. I mean, you know, how do you approach that? I mean, this is, the, again, the stakes are higher here now. All that stuff, you know, the old cliche goes out the window at this stage. So it should just be talent on talent. And listen, if I'm the Rams, I'm putting everybody over Tom Compton or Mike Compton. Oh, yeah. Darren Donald's going to be. I'm lining up six guys oh. over him. And I'm not even bothering with Trent Williams on the other side. I mean, that's where your pressure's got to come from if you're the Rams is over that right side. Yeah. Um, Aaron know, Donald is is chomping at the bit to get at Tom Compton as we speak today. That might be the that might be a bigger mismatch than Andy Reid versus Zach Taylor. Yeah, I I, I think that uh, this six game losing streak to the 49ers will even give the Rams that much more motivation to go out and win. I like the Rams in this game. I think though, I don't know. I think it's three and a half. 
Uh, they're favored by three and a half, but uh, I think they're going to win by more. Again, Jimmy Garoppolo to me is it's, it's just a mystery to me uh, that he's that he's still the quarterback of this team, and yet. Well, I mean, nothing against Jimmy, but if you go, if you go, Joe Burrow, Patrick Mahomes, Matthew Stafford, Jimmy Garoppolo, you know. The yeah. old game. Who doesn't belong? <laughs> and then again, yeah, it comes down old, to the old Jimmy. All Jimmy does is win. I know he doesn't do it pretty. I know You're the right. numbers don't jump off the page the way they do with the other quarterbacks. Oh, at some the guy's point, sixty minutes away from going to two of the last three Super Bowls. At You're some right, point, dude. I feel right. sorry for all the you know what he takes, but uh, yeah, he definitely doesn't belong with that group. And then, and then it comes down like what we said earlier, the NFC quarterback position. Look at the two in the NFC championship game. Matthew Stafford, who, you know, let's face it, he's up and down um, throughout his career. Uh, and, and then Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, you know, to me, the quarterback situation in the NFC, this is typical of what's going on in that conference. But uh, you're right about Jimmy G. All he does is uh, get win, even though it wasn't him that blocked the punt in Green little Bay. little help from his friends on special teams. Yeah, I get that. I yeah. see that. But yeah. if he's the quarterback at the end of the day yeah. and his team wins, you got to give him at least some credit. Yeah. I'd rather have the talented guy than the rabbit's foot. But, hey, if you got a rabbit's foot, you know, you hold on to it. Maybe it works for you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, the more talented guy is Stafford, has been Stafford, and we're waiting for Stafford to make it to a Super Bowl. Jimmy G, been there, done that. Yeah. <laughs> That's that's right. He almost won it. He should have won it if he didn't turn into Jimmy G at 12 o'clock, which happened to be the third quarter. Uh, whistle. Yeah. Well, and and I would even say Patrick Mahomes was more Patrick Mahomes uh, in that Super Bowl. The guy went uh, all out nuts on him. And yeah, he's going to have to face that again if Jed City gets there. Do, do either one of you guys want to see a rematch from two years ago, San Francisco against Kansas City, or has it got to be new blood? I want to see personally. And I'll let Ed chime in with his predictions after. I want to. I want to see Cincinnati against the Rams. That's what I want to see. Um, who I think we're going to see is Kansas City against the Rams. No, that's I'm how I'll you. phrase it. Yeah, I'm with you there, John. I mean, I'm always for the new blood. You know, I get a little fatigued to some of the teams that continue to win all the time. Uh, nothing personal. I just get fatigued from the. You know all the winning that the Kansas city does and at university of Alabama, you know, I like to see new blood in there and the Bengals are certainly new blood. One of those franchises that never have won. Yeah. They're the only one that has a chance. The only right. to break So you're an anti-Alabama guy, Ed. So yeah. Hertz and Smith, the Eagles, uh, <laughs> And now uh, you've already seen too much of them because uh, they were part of I'm an anti-Alabama guy. I, it's, it's I'm trying to get pro- Xander raised up. I'm sick of that team. I'm it's sick just a program them. thing. Yeah. It's not an individual thing. I, I thought did. Mac Jones was the nicest guy in the world when we did the Zoom stuff with, you know, because I didn't yeah. have a combine. We did all these Zoom calls with. Oh, the, yeah. It's nothing yeah, personal. Mac Jones was a great guy, you know, but it's just a program thing. You just get tired of seeing the same program yeah. win. You know, it's. Let's let's spread the love a little bit. Let's share the wealth and let's give some of these upstarts. I was rooting so hard for Cincinnati, and yeah, wasn't wasn't to be. I don't root for anything, and I was rooting for Cincinnati. <laughs> so you came up short with Cincinnati on the collegiate side. Yes. You're going to do and the I'll same again this week yes. with Andy Reid going back to the Super Bowl yes. again. Yes. Yeah, I mean J- Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow. I mean they're just fun to watch, and 
They got T. Higgins, and you know you can name their offensive guys. It's their defensive guys that you have to look at the you know the the program. But they're solid. They're they pretty are. good. They're pretty good defensively. Yeah. Who's uh, their D coordinator? I don't even know who their defensive. Luana Miro. I only know that because he got an interview with the Giants. I would have not known that until he got an interview to be the head coach yeah. of the Giants. That's what I'm saying. Like this team is like, you know, you don't know who they are, but you're rooting for them because they're yeah, the new team. You know, they're the upstart team that you. The city of Cincinnati doesn't have a Super Bowl title. I mean, I'd like to see all these cities experience that. Look what it did in Philadelphia when the Eagles won. It's just mm-hmm. a great, great experience. And they got the rookie kicker banging the 52-yarder. Remember what Cheers. happened when Jake Elliott hit the 61-yarder against the New York Giants? It fueled the Philadelphia Eagles. Maybe that game winner fuels the Cincinnati Bengals. Who knows? It's going to be tough. It's going to be tough, to be tough to win an arrowhead, man. That place gets loud. And, you know, even though Chase and – and uh, Burrow won that national title. It was on a neutral field. Half of it was filled with LSU fans. It's going to be a tough – it's going to be really tough for them to go in Arrowhead and pull this out. But I don't discount it if it happens. All right, Ed Gretz, promise us this. When you're out tomorrow morning using a broom to sweep <laughs> off the dusting on your <laughs> steps in front of your house up there in the hinterlands uh, north and uh, west of Philadelphia, just remember, John and I will be out shoveling – uh, I'm stretching right now over here in South ready. Jersey and just smile. All we ask for is a smile. Like you just got to give us a smile, maybe a tip of the cap as you're out brooming your uh, front lawn. I'll give you a couple trunk twisters. Cause I'll feel some sympathy back pain for you. <laughs> yeah. You know, kind of like when my wife was pregnant, I gained all that weight to kind of, <laughs> you know, sympathize. So I'll do the same for you guys, man. I'll, I'll, I'll think of that back pain you're going through. I appreciate it. SI.com backslash NFL backslash Eagles, EagleMaven.com. It's the great Ed Kratz. I will say Eddie K. Enjoy the football this weekend, bud. Thanks guys. You too. See ya. Ed Kratz here with us on Birds 365. All right, J-Mac and J-Mac coming back. McMullen and McDonald here with you on Birds 365. We'll go even more in-depth to the game. You got Ed's take on it. John seems to have a rooting interest in then what he actually thinks is going to happen. <laughs> Not unlike yeah. yours truly, but at some point you got to make picks and you got to get your, your, your opinion on how the game is going to play out there and or your money if you're so moved to wager on the game. We'll give you some picks on the game uh, coming up over the next hour. we still got an hour left to play here on Birds 365. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view. It goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want. Or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. You know you like being right. That's why you should enroll in an Independence Blue Cross plan. It's the health plan chosen by more people than any other. With more doctors and hospitals. More benefits that really rock. More of the coverage you want for the right price, including free doctor visits 24-7. It's a choice you can feel good about. Because when you're right, you're right. 
And when you've got Independence Blue Cross, you're right where you need to be. Call 1-844-200-2583 today to get an Independence Blue Cross plan. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. You've got John McMullen and Jody McDonald. You're Mac and Mac guys hanging with you here on Birds 365 Championship Week in the National Football League as we have the AFC and the NFC Championship to be decided. Um, we talked a little bit about the games coming up with uh, Ed Grass, and we'll continue to do so here. But first, I do want to make a point. Mm, don't know how many people this has dawned on, and it's other than looking at it through eagle visor glasses – it's really not that big a deal. But, uh, John, do you remember what the Cincinnati Bengals, who were in the AFC Championship game, finished last season at? I don't. I'm guessing four wins. Their exact record was? Oh, no, no, no. They had Joe Burrow. I was going back two years. Um, when did Joe get injured? I have no idea, Jody. No, last shit, year. No. It was uh, last year. This is his second year in the league. Uh, six, seven wins. No. Somewhere in that range. That, here's the reason why I'm bringing it up. The Cincinnati Bengals were 4-11-1. Oh, so there was four. Yeah. Yes. When did Joe get hurt? Last year. But I mean, what what week? 9-10. Yeah, right around was, the midway. It was relatively early. Yeah. yeah uh, Might have been seven. Could have been slightly more yeah, than yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The full season. Yeah. Um, so that impacted, does that yeah. does that record does that record ring any bells with you four eleven and one same as the Eagles yeah. that would be correct and oh by the way the one attached to the back end of both of those records was for a reason they yeah. tied each other last yeah. year it's doesn't it seem like twelve yeah, years since that happened it was only about sixteen months ago that that happened that Doug Peterson tied the Cincinnati Bengals with Carson Wentz at the helm. But that's exactly what happened. The reason why I'm taking us down this maybe not all that pleasant stroll of memory lane is the Cincinnati Bengals are now one game away from being in the Super Bowl. Yeah, it happens all the time in this league. It's amazing. We're- Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. 
Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. To first and that type of thing. So that got me thinking, now that you brought that up, Jody. Um, you know, Zach Taylor, because we we're talking about the mismatch at, at coaching. I mean, that guy had six, the year before it was two wins. So I just looked it up. That guy had six wins in two years. Right. I mean, usually you're fired. You're out. In a lot of ways, you can argue the Joe Burrow injury helped him get another year. Um, and here they are on the verge of going to the Super Bowl. Pretty amazing. Oh, we had our Cincinnati guy on uh, uh, last week, and uh, the guy from SI. And uh, I asked him that very question. How hot did Zach Taylor's seat get last year? And did Burrow's injury help to lessen the microscope that was on him for winning a combined six games over two years? He said, absolutely, because they really did believe Taylor was the guy to bring Burrow along. And that got shortchanged with the injury that Burrow had. So, oh, yeah, it absolutely helped him. Uh, the reason that I'm bringing up, and maybe it is with eagle-colored glasses on, that I'm stating this, you can move pretty quickly in the NFL. Oh, that, yeah. Yes, everyone ble- – oh, it's got to be step by step. The process is a word we're all too familiar with here in town. Hate it. <laughs> it, it. It can be done that way, but sometimes you can take shortcuts. Sometimes you can make an amazing draft pick. Sometimes you can sign – the perfect free agent, and you can move up significantly in one year's time. Oh, it happens all the time, all the time in this league. In fact, every year they have now worst to the Super Bowl is rare, but worst to first happens every year in this league. In other words, if you finish worst in your division, uh, I think the Eagles were last in 2016 in a division that won the Super Bowl 
in, in 20 the 2017 season. So um, it, it it's not rare. It happens all the time in the NFL. Um, you know, in the old days when the schedule was a bigger difference, it, it was even more of a thing because you would have the first place, last place schedule thing. Now that's sort of uh, gone out the window a little bit because things are, they have the extra game. Things are a little bit more even. There's not that giant swing, but it's still helpful. And then obviously the most, the most helpful part of all is if you really, really stink on the right year and you go two and 14, like the Bengals did, you're sitting there with the number one overall pick and you get Joe Burrow and all of a sudden you're off and running. Um, so yeah, things can change really, really quickly uh, in the NFL. And it's not like football, uh, excuse me. It's not like basketball. It's exactly like football. You don't have to sit there and lose like the Sixers did year after year after year, hoping, hoping, hoping to get one superstar player and another superstar player. No, you can you can turn things around pretty quickly. People in Philadelphia should know that. People in Cincinnati now know it. Although, you know, the history of the Bengals haven't been great for years and years and years. But that's consistent organizational bad decisions more than anything else. Not um, an inability to turn things around, if I'm making any sense there. Like in the NBA... You can't turn things around if you're stuck in purgatory, as they say. You are where you are. In the NFL, you can turn things around. If you're middle of the road, if you're bad, uh, if you're good, you're not worried about it. But you can, if you make good decisions, you can turn things around very, very quickly. Well, a good decision that the Kansas City Chiefs made a couple of years ago was straight up to get in position to draft Patrick Mahomes. And remember, Patrick Mahomes sat an entire year, did not play, despite the fact that he was a first-round draft pick and a relatively high uh, draft pick, the second quarterback taken that way. Amazing. At, at some point, he was referenced yesterday. I'm trying to remember why. Why did Mitch Trubisky come up yesterday on the show? Uh, somebody, uh, one of the guests, uh, it, was, uh, it wasn't Ira, uh Silski referenced Mitch Trubisky. Yes, for a reason. he did. Yes, uh, Mike mentioned Mitch Trubisky. That's just he also butchered his name, but he mentioned it. That's stone cold embarrassing that he was the first pick in the draft, first quarterback taken in the draft a couple of years ago when Patrick Mahomes was second and Deshaun Watson was third. Um, but the Chiefs uh, maneuvered up to get into position to take Mahomes, um, which was an- not only not only Jody. Was Mitchell Trubisky taken ahead of Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes? The Chicago Bears and Ryan Pace moved up from three to number two to get him, and they didn't even have to. And that guy still had a job until this year, which is amazing. Uh, it was how about, as, about as ridiculous a trade as you can make. But, uh, yes, he's finally paying the price for that. Uh, but it may cost the Eagles Kevin Petulo because if you're just tuning in, uh, the Chicago Bears' new general manager has hired his coach, Matt Eberflus from Indianapolis, who had a relationship when both uh, Nick Sirianni and Kevin Petulo were there and that there were rumors kicking around NFL Network. Uh, I 
think it was Rappaport, but I'm not sure about that, uh, stating that uh, they may want to talk to the Eagles uh, passing game coordinator for their offensive coordinator position this year. Uh, so, yeah, the Bears are uh, already getting their uh, ducks in a row for this upcoming season. By the uh, way, they, Jody, can I take a victory lap real quick? About like to do this. Sure. But, uh, if you go to my Twitter account, um, you will see my pinned tweet, my January 25th coaching predictions. Bears, Everflus, Broncos, Hackett. So far. Well, the, the Hackett one was pretty easy. I, 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 so I, far. I, no. I, I jog on that one if no. I were you. The no. Everflus one's a pretty good prediction. Not uh, uh, Most people in this league thought Dan Quinn was getting the Broncos job. Most well, people then, in this then, league thought that. And most but, people were foolish. Yeah. When you've got well, uh, the other Aaron Rodgers' situation being what it is, uh, it only makes sense. The other people, the yeah, the other it. people speculated Rodgers, but it's not about Rodgers. It's about oh, it's the about natural. No, well, I would say it's about ten percent about Rodgers. The natural progression of the NFL is, think about it, it happens all the time. They had Big Fangio. You don't you don't want to go another defensive veteran defensive. That's just not how this league works. Uh, and and you start looking at who they're interviewing, and and you start piecing it down. So anyway, two for two. Jaguars uh, would have hired Byron Leopards by now. I'd be three for three. But that that organization is an abject disaster. Um, and I thought I thought the Texans were going to hire Jonathan Gannon. I haven't I haven't gotten that one. That that scares me a little bit because they've gone dark, like I said. Um the other ones I wasn't as confident on. Those four I was very, very confident on. Um the Raiders, I didn't I at that time I had no idea. The Dolphins I had taken uh Vance Joseph, I still think that's in play. The Vikings, Kevin O'Connell, I still think that's in play. And the Giants, Brian Dable, I still think that's in play. I probably took the victory lap uh, pretty quickly, but it's – I'm no, going to do the, a good the job. The Evil Blues one, I give you credit for it. I'd say uh, not, not a uh, common – uh, what is the phrase that you like group think that you like to uh, attribute to the national football league there's too much group think going on um yeah the group think had uh, uh the uh, uh offense the passing game the quarterback coach from the packers going to uh denver to line the way for rogers to go there but what made you think eber to uh chicago uh, well, I, I know some people in Chicago and I knew they were really, uh, uh, really interested in them early in the process. And, uh, I saw their interview list and it became pretty clear, uh, that they were going to go in that direction pretty early in the process to the point Joe Banner retweeted my thing and said, Hey, this is pretty good. <laughs> so I'm taking the early victory lap, but uh, I just contact people in those particular cities and, um, you know, because when you're outside, you don't know, um, you, you don't know the details of the building, so to speak. So with, with like with the bears, a lot of people early in the process were thinking, 
Well, yeah, when Doug Peterson went in to hire, I'm like, they're not hiring Doug Peterson. They just got rid of Matt Nagy. No, there, there's no way they can sell that to their fan base. So um, something like that gets ruled out. Dan Quinn, Dan Quinn, like I got killed when I put that tweet out there. Dan Quinn's not getting a job. I There's no path for him. And sure enough, he, he, he was number two in a lot of places. He was number two in Denver. He was number two in Chicago. Um, there's no path for him, and he pulled out of the other jobs because he's no he, he, he. The only reason you pull out and announce you're going back to the Dallas Cowboys because you know you're not getting one you're of those jobs. Gigs. They yeah. what, what you're lying about the jet? Yeah, <laughs> if you get the jet, you get the job. That's Wade Phillips's line. Um, it's interesting because you know Vic Fangio, uh, Jacksonville's. You know, like they 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 wanted Byron Leftwich. I mean, they offered Byron Leftwich the job and they are balking interesting word because they don't want to get rid of Trent Trent Balky, who has a terrible reputation around the NFL. They are such a bad organization. So they identify the head coach they want. He's like, I don't want to work with that guy. Um and they start doing other things. They tried to interview Nathaniel Hackett again um, to try to spur Byron Leftwich into taking the job. They brought Big Fangio in to try to spur Byron Leftwich to take the job. Um, boy, they're a bad organization. Um, yeah, these things are interesting, though, uh, behind the scenes. So, <clears throat> you know, they're trying to get him to agree to a certain structure he doesn't want to agree to. And the Byron's credit is like, yeah, look, if I'm your guy, you know, let me have the structure I want. That's a bad organization. That's probably a good way to go about it. But you also have to have confidence in yourself. Now the Saints step up. Remember, the Saints weren't even in this equation when I posted these predictions. Sean Payton had not retired yet. Now they want to interview him. Uh, so maybe he's got more leverage. So these things uh, are interesting, but it always worries me when a team identifies a candidate and they have to go in a different direction because of their own volition. In other words, they won't agree. They want the guy, but they won't agree to what they want. Like that's, that's bad decision-making. So, you know, it's interesting. This this whole process has been, uh, the coaching carousel this year has been uh, a little bit different than normally is because I think everybody is super uh, sensitive on the current environment and they want to make sure that they're not labeled as, it's one of the reasons, to be honest, Jody, uh, I think Jonathan Gannon hasn't been hired yet because I think the Houston Texans know there'd be significant blowback if they hired him to be honest. And there would be. You already Blow saw back it on, from who? You already saw it on social media. Because Jonathan Gannon's, you know, a young guy, uh, you know, in the Sean McVay mold. Who's social um, media? Who are you referring to, John? Uh, criticism of uh, not enough minorities getting hired in the NFL. Oh, okay. It happens all, right. all the time. I, I didn't know where you were going. Yeah, it happens all the time. I mean, they were getting destroyed in the weeks after when it started coming out that they were seriously thinking about Jonathan Gannon. I think it's impacted them. Um, and already we're, 
we we got two so hires. Is, and so is uh, Chicago facing that right now since they hired. I'm sure a they are. Guy yesterday. I'm sure they are. You have to show the courage of your convictions. But the league as a whole has already taken massive hits because they hired two coaches. Remember, there's one minor. There's one African American coach. There's more Robert Salas, obviously uh, a minority. Uh, Ron Rivera. There's one African American coach as we stand here in the NFL right now with, with Mike Tomlin. Ultimately, I think Saints um, opening helps Brian Flores as well. So hopefully he gets uh, another job. Well, yeah, this league's taken significant hits because you, you've, you've had two hires and they're both, uh, uh, um, they're both white men and they're taking a lot of hits, uh, a lot of hits, the league as a whole. But you got to show if you you got to show the courage of your convictions. If if you like a candidate, hire the candidate. I mean that's that's all you can do. I I would tend to agree with that. All right, one last quickie before we got to take a time out here. Um, a coaching opening that has a more direct impact than some of the others as far as Eagles go is the New York Giants. Um, two years ago, couldn't have been more wrong. I said the Eagles were in a great position going into a season because all three other teams in the division changed coaches. And you had one guy staying in his position. And that gave the Eagles a big edge. That was Doug Peterson's final year here at Philadelphia. I thought that was a major plus for the Eagles because the other teams were all in trade. I think we all did. We all thought that. Yeah, you shouldn't feel bad about that. We all. I mean, why wouldn't you think that? The results are the results and the results proved to be that I was wrong. And then this past year, I worried about the Eagles because all three of the teams had their coaches in place and the Eagles were the only team that made a change. But hey, next year he came in and uh, did the job and Eagles made the playoffs after going 4-11-1. So the the coaching changes are supposed to have a uh, major impact. You and I both agree where possible you want to get some continuity going because that usually lends itself to success, but not always. Uh, the Giants had to change their coach, Joe Judge. Man, talk about a guy who just continued to shoot himself in the foot over he the course himself. of the year. I mean, they wanted to keep him. Very similar to uh, Doug, but to a worse degree because Doug uh, had a you know real uh, issue uh, but the Eagles wanted to keep him, and he essentially fired himself. Joe Judge fired himself. I mean, the Giants wanted to keep him. They were planning to keep him, and then he just went with a Sam Hinkie-like manifesto. He went nuts. I mean, what can you do? Which, uh, even though I liked – I thought Judge wasn't – up until week – I guess it was only 17 last year. When we didn't get to week 18 because they were still only playing 16 games. And his stu- stupid stance of how dare the Eagles not play their players? We deserve to be in the playoffs. You're six and ten, big guy. Get you can't be six and ten and be bitching about not making the playoffs because some other team didn't give you a helping hand. But up until that point, I liked Judge. I thought he had done a good job as a rookie head coach. Uh, I was ready to give him the benefit of the doubt coming into this season. It just went downhill week after week after week, and they were just. I am going to book the show on the fly. Mike K is back. Mike was originally supposed to join us today, but he had to do some uh, uh, vet stuff. Uh, hopefully, the dog is okay. So we'll talk to Mike. So Mike is going to jump on the show with us. 
All right, well, let, let's get a quickie timeout in here. Since Kate's surprising us by showing up, he can go back to the Red Bull again, take another sip, and we'll <laughs> take a quickie timeout, and then bring Michael K in. Michael K, NJ.com, next here on Birds 365. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view. It goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want. Or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the wind. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. You know you like being right. That's why you should enroll in an Independence Blue Cross plan. It's the health plan chosen by more people than any other. With more doctors and hospitals. More benefits that really rock. More of the coverage you want for the right price, including free doctor visits 24-7. It's a choice you can feel good about. Because when you're right, you're right. And when you've got Independence Blue Cross, you're right where you need to be. Call 1-844-200-2583 today to get an Independence Blue Cross plan. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Appreciate you guys streaming on in to here on the Jacob Media YouTube channel. Since you did, that means you must like us at least a little. A little? So hit the like button, like, share, and subscribe here on uh, Birds 365. We like it when Michael K. from NJ.com joins us. All right, Mike, on my computer screen, you're in a little box about two inches by four inches. Identify the hat. Uh, it's a friend's brand. Um, honestly, I don't know the name off, off the top. <laughs> no, of wow, come it's on. Surf, it's a surfboard and a golf uh flag there we um, go jacksonville give him a look up but um yeah jody and my grandmother are the only two people that call me michael in this universe all right really yeah pretty much yeah okay. so you're in good company you can and call like me my- joseph if you want just to get back at me <laughs> <laughs> and like my grandmother uh says all the time well i'm here so what's going on fellas 
Uh, what's going on, Mike? Uh, first of all, I hope the dog is okay. So number one, I'm a dog lover, as everyone knows. So hopefully everything went well there, but we'll talk about that off, off the air. Uh, Eagles, uh, let's start there. We'll talk about the championship weekend as well with you. But there's some movement. Uh, Ian Cunningham going to get an interview with the Chicago Bears. Maybe Kevin Petullo going with the Chicago Bears. Um, bigger bigger deal than some people make it out to be or not uh, just part of doing business in the NFL when you start losing, uh, whether it be assistant coaches or personnel people? Well, John, I think you and I know really well that Ian is extremely well thought of in the Novacare complex. Uh, he's another riser. Um, you know, a lot of people criticize Howie Roseman's ability to get along with folks, but it does kind of seem like he's the guy that consistently produces, uh, Dan factory. Yeah. Front office tree. Um, look, Ian Cunningham's a guy, like I said, that's well thought of as both a scout and a player to player guy. I think he's a guy who is going to be groomed to be a GM. It's just a matter of when not if and I think potentially getting an assistant GM job in Chicago can help him because frankly the bar is set very low there from a personnel standpoint on offense yes it is <laughs> um, if he and Ryan Poles can can uh, really build up that offense quickly that's going to be a good look for him and maybe he gets a GM job within the next couple of years now uh, Kevin Petullo is actually kind of a big deal for Nick Sirianni uh, he's kind of his sounding board um, and I'll tell you this, I interviewed Zach Pascal, who's the wide receiver from the Colts, uh, last year when Sirianni and Petullo got hired and, and Petullo is a guy who's got a quarterback background. He's got a wide receiver background. He's very good at, at understanding each level of the offense. Like he can tell you, he's got all the answers to all the questions. So he's really, a, um, a one-on-one -on -one player coach in a lot of ways. He can talk to anybody. He can explain why the quarterback's doing that, why the tight end's doing that, why the wide receiver's doing that. So he's a really sharp guy, and I think he's big during the week. Uh, and I think that's why you saw he was going to be the contingency plan to be the fill-in head coach um, against uh, – what was it against? Giants. Giants. Giants yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think – Man, that feels like two years ago. Yeah, well, they, um, I had to look it up. I was like, yeah. that was a challenge game. Yeah. But I think Petulo's a guy that um, makes a lot of sense. I mean, because if you're ever flus, who else are you going to pitch? Press Taylor? Mm. Um, which seems to be the prevailing thought of why, you know, other coaches are not getting looks when they're pitching uh, Press Taylor's an office yes. coordinator. Yes. Um, or Press. When did Press become? Well, I uh, think it's radioactive. Just, I don't think he's radioactive. I just think that the sediment of certain aspects, it's not like Carson Wentz got significantly better in Indianapolis. I think there's a lot of confusion about that relationship. Um, and frankly, if I'm Press Taylor, I don't want to jump just to jump. Um, it seems like he's in a safe space in Indianapolis. So um, it's an interesting situation. Um you know, I'm sure at some point we'll talk about Doug Peterson not getting interest. Uh, I feel like there's a lot to that, right? Um, yeah. And well, let's and, talk about Doug uh, because no, I do. Uh, before I you go, am, to Doug, hold on. Sure, before you go, go to Doug, I want to ask my question about Kevin Petullo. Um, the way both of you guys would describe it, John did earlier, and you just did now, Mike. Um, and you guys got a better gra gra uh, grasp on what Kevin Petullo brings to the table. 
it sounds like, to use an NBA analogy, he's the kind of guy who you need for the 48 minutes to get you through the first half and the third quarter and those dogs. But he's never had the chance to take the big shot in the last minute of the game. He's not been a play caller. He's a good during the week guy. He's going to Indianapolis as the offense coordinator. You got a defensive head coach. Oh, he's going to be the man. It's going to be on his plate. He's going to have to make those play calls, no matter how good a relationship and understanding he has in the offense. All those things are key ingredients to being a good coach. But when you're the offensive coordinator, the key ingredient is you got to call the right play in the last two minutes, down by four, 80 yards to go with only one timeout left. Do we have faith that Petulo can become like that uh, in Chicago in his first year? I mean, he's kind of the Avery Johnson, right? Like you just described Avery Johnson. I mean, Avery Johnson had an okay run as a head coach in basketball, if you want to go that route. Uh, you could also kind of compare him to Ron Harper, I think, um, in a lot of ways of that coaching staff. He's a guy who's going to do a lot of the nitty gritty stuff and, and the behind the scenes stuff. And then he's a good egg, you know, during the games. But um, I don't think he's instrumental to what the Eagles do on a game day basis. He's he's more yeah. of the prep to get there. And um, look, I, I, I've seen scheme. Here, here, let's put it this way. I've seen really good schemers fail. And I've seen really good play callers fail. Yeah. We all have. Yeah. Um, you know what I mean? Like, I, I it's think it's a learning guys- process. It's a learning process for everybody. Yeah. It was a learning process for Nick. Um, Shane's done it before. It's a learning process for him. I mean, everybody learns on the job. But I, I say, if I'm Kevin, I got Justin Fields there. If, if you turn him around in year two and he's got a ton of talent, you're on head coaching list. Bang, right away. Right away, you're on head coaching list. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, he's a former quarterback. He played at USF. I actually went to the same high school as uh, my co-best man in my wedding. Uh, a little bit older than than. than I love friend. that you were co-best man. I think I've told you that before. Mike's got so many friends. He's got co-best men. No, I just, I have a brother. <laughs> and then my brother didn't want to plan the bachelor party. So we gave it no, to my no. closest friend. Okay. Um Anyway, uh, so, I mean, I think with Petulo, this is a matter of he understands every aspect of the offense. He's been around the league just as long as Nick Sirianni has. I think this isn't like something out of nowhere. I just think it's getting the right shot. Um, you know, we've seen guys, you know, move up the, 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 the coaching depth chart. We've got Josh McCown interviewing for a head coaching job, Heinz Ward <laughs> interviewing for a head coaching job. Kevin Batulo becoming an offensive coordinator seems way less far-fetched than that. Yeah. Uh, it, and it's a more traditional way to go, no doubt about it. And that's sort of what you do. I mean, they were all together in Indianapolis and now you branch off and he's got a better opportunity in Chicago. If he's, if he gets offered the job, he almost has to take it. Um, but let's go back to Doug Peterson because it is kind of amazing to me. We look at these, and you saw my coaching predictions, and I got the backhanded compliment from Joe Banner on Twitter. Um, there is no, no talk about Doug Peterson anymore for these open jobs. Now, who knows what happens as you know, New Orleans is now in the mix and all these things, but. It is, and you mentioned Houston's kind of strange process, and 
interviewing Josh McCown and Heinz Ward and even Jonathan Gannon with his uh, short history. Um, why the heck is nobody interested in Doug Peterson? Uh, with with the three postseason bursts, the Super Bowl championship with an organization, by the way, that never won one before, even though they had a first ballot Hall of Fame coach for well over a decade. Why the heck no Doug Peterson attraction at all? Well, for one, he's not sponsored by Stateside Vodka. So, you know, I mean, I, think, I still have my Stateside Vodka bottle. Yeah, I'm waiting. I'm waiting for my care no, package of, yeah. of that free glass. It's Ooh, right here. It's right that's, here. It's pretty dope. You got, you got the glass, McMullen? I didn't get the glass. No, neither did I. Oh, I could man. probably get the glass, but yeah, I haven't. Come on. Help Sander, me get, me, get me a glass, Sander. Um, Three glasses. Here. One for me, one for McMullen, one for Kay. Work on Let's it, Taylor. And then we can cheers on the show yeah. anyway, or off the show, depending on, you know. Oh, I like that. John, you've got a you've got a thing that says yeah. John on it. Oh, I always said. My, my, my wife made that for oh, me. Oh, so nice. it says, and then it has my dog's name on the back. Oh, so. it seems like those that you treasure. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, so I think there's there's it, there's a few things. So one, I think there's a sediment that Doug can't build the right staff. Um, you know, his staff, at least defensively, was largely composed by the front office for the Eagles. That's that's no secret. Oh, that's, no secret. Yeah. So why don't uh, you compose the staff, Mike? I mean, what? a lot of teams do that anyway. Why don't right. they just compose the staff? Right. But here's the deal. It's the Jaguars, right? It's the yeah. it's the it's it's the Bears, right? They have not shown that they can can put together staff. So having a head coach that kind of knows how to Network is important. There's also a perception of, you know, once John DiFilippo, once Frank Reich left, the offense really took a turn and it never really recovered. Um, I think Doug Peterson is a hell of a locker room manager. I think he is a guy that, excuse me, can galvanize a locker room. And that's something you're looking for in, in today's day and age. But I do think there are questions about his play calling. I think there's questions about how Carson Wentz torpedoed i think there's questions about you know his handling of that four eleven and one season because for all the fault in the in the roster process he did kind of struggle himself right um and i think when you look at the way the eagles were able to rebound that's not necessarily a great indication that doug peterson you know can can handle his i think and i don't think any of these perceptions are fair by the way i should note that i think doug peterson is well deserving of another job but you're seeing with dan quinn dan quinn's not getting another job after a year um i just wonder but he got a lot more um um hype and and certainly was probably number two in denver probably number two in chicago we won't know but um he he was a lot closer then sure than sure but just like Jalen Hurts says number twos get flushed so um you know and then he you know and then the reports come out that he's pulling his name out of out of the running which well he pulled him because he knows he's there's no path he knows right on on the surface it seems like a tail between the legs sort of yeah, sort yeah. of move um 
I think Doug Peterson wants the right job. He knows that he needs the right job. So I don't think this is all on the search, right? I think Chicago didn't hire him because he's very close to Nagy. They're very yeah. similar offenses. They come from the same tree, although they saw, they hired another guy from Kansas City to run their organization, which is interesting. I mean, I think Ryan Poles is very well respected, but, I mean, it is kind of an, a weird um, coincidence. And then, look, I think – I think for Doug, he there he didn't take a coordinator job. It's not like he showed that he grew in the year away, and that sometimes hurts you. Sometimes taking a year off isn't isn't the best move. And I think, you know, for him, you know, everybody talks about the lack of ego. Well, he doesn't want to be an offensive coordinator, so that would be an ego thing, right? I mean. Um, it's just very interesting to see this, but here's what I'll tell you. And, and I'll go on, on a rant here. It is I like a good rant. Go. It is absolutely asinine that Houston has not interviewed him like asinine. It's the, it, if you're in a rush to promote Josh McCown to head coach, if you like him that much, why not start him off as a quarterback's coach? Why not start him off as an offensive coordinator and pair him with a head coach? that can be a stopgap or a guy that, that, truly believes with him, believes in him and has worked with him in Doug Peterson. Why can't you marry the two? Make him quarterback's coach such assistant head coach. Well, I'll go one better. Why didn't they do that with David Culley? Right. You know, they interviewed Josh McCown last year. They knew David Culley was a bridge. Why not bring Josh McCown in there, even as a quarterback coach, offensive player? Well, then maybe, right there, maybe, you're in year maybe two. Maybe McCowan said, yeah, get back to me when you've got your head coaching job open. Uh, yeah, I don't need to do this offensive coordinator thing. Well, yeah, then that's, that's awesome. really the type of guy I want to run my organization. Like, I, I just don't – here's the thing. I get it. He's been around for 20 years, and John and I have talked about this on air, on Twitter, off air. Josh McCown, I have an absolute ton of respect for, but the logistics of the job are more than just understanding the offense. Like, it's just like when people, like, talk about being a GM, about building a roster – that's like a third of the job. Yeah. And uh, it, it's just like, to me, that, peeve. it's that's... to me, it's like the thought process of like, Oh man, you can just push this guy in. Like John Lynch gets all this credit. He has not been a great GM. John Elway was not a great GM. Um, and they won a Super Bowl. Uh, I, I think just pushing guys in because they have a name or they have experience, experience in the player aspect is not necessarily the right way to go we have seen guys that don't have that background excel in this business and so i think when you say look i mean look let's say they hire gannon maybe gannon's the guy that you pair with mccown mccown runs the offense gannon runs the defense it's a you know it's a cohabitation matrix of coaching (laughs) um but listen i Doug Peterson, I don't want to say deserves the job because nobody deserves anything, but he has easily the best resume out there right now. So the fact that Houston hasn't even interviewed him is kind of wild. I mean, I was talking to people in the league who were saying to me, like, what does it tell you that Josh McDaniels hadn't gotten an interview and then suddenly he's the Raiders' favorite? So um, it's just a really interesting process this coaching cycle and frankly it's it, this is the most laughable coaching cycle i've ever oh covered. it's awful it's 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 embarrassing this league with their there's no their reason team. why nine jobs should be open there's no. absolutely like here's the thing i've always been taught 
if you're going to fire somebody, you better have a really good replacement in mind in a backup plan. It seems like none of these teams did have that plan. Well, I think they're also scared as well because, you know, some of the, some of the blowback Jody and I discussed Jonathan Gannon has become the poster child of somebody not ready, but getting a chance. So you have this weird sort of social environment, guys trying to find the right people. And then you have this, you know, I thought the Minnesota GM hiring Cherry Hill guy, by the way, uh, interesting way to go um, from his standpoint and his background. Um, it, it's been a very, very strange, and you're right. It seems like nobody has a plan. And maybe that's why, with the exception of New Orleans, which is circumstance, um, most of the teams looking for coaches are bad teams, bad organizations, and they've done bad jobs. And, so maybe it isn't a surprise from from that standpoint. But the part that stuns me is what you just said. It seems like nobody had a plan. Nobody had a plan coming into this. It, it's, it, it really is a testament to, to these owners and people thinking, you know, if you make that much money, you must be smart. Well, you might be smart in some avenues, but not in other avenues because it's been – underwhelming jody i see you're ready to yes um let me ask a question about having a plan to have a plan that seems to be what you guys are talking about and let's bring it back to the philadelphia eagles let's say jm is right again and he gets to take another victory lap and jonathan gannon gets the houston job what's eagles plan to replace him well i think internally you're looking at a guy like denard wilson who did an exceptional job at the secondary this year um, would probably run a comparable defense, um, at least from a secondary standpoint. So you have that continuity. And then I look, I think there are guys around the league who are out of work. I don't know if Mike Zimmer wants to take a defensive coordinator job. I, I, I would be surprised if Vic Fangio rushed to take a defensive coordinator job. Wait, hold there. on. Didn't you just say sometimes taking a year off is not the right thing to do? Yeah. If you I, were these guys, yeah. they call I, you. And Mike K, what do you think? I can jump back in and get another defensive coordinator position, but I can use the year. I'm still getting paid. What would Mike K say? I would say that you should probably, if you want to be a head coach again, you might want to re rehab your image. Now that said, maybe those guys don't want to be head coaches again. There's a lot of pressure that comes with those jobs. Both those guys yeah. are plus 60 years old. So, I mean, you know, it's not like they're, itching to like they're not up and comers they're not you know climbers i think you know a a guy that would make a lot of sense is jerry gray um who's the db coach and and the passing game coordinator for the packers um i think al holcomb the run game coordinator for the the panthers makes a lot of sense i think the eagles really need a guy who can come in and make a difference and galvanize that defense because you need a guy that understands all facets of the defense. And I think Jonathan Gannon, for all the criticism that he got, understood what he was doing. I think it's a matter of, hey, can you best utilize these players in a scheme and and, and not be coach scared? I, I don't think he coached scared, but I, I think there's some validity to that criticism. Let me ask you about a guy who I think has a pretty damn good resume I'm actually quite surprised he's out there on the open market. Why'd Wink Martindale get yeah, the boot out of Baltimore? They've had top defenses how many years in a row under his tutelage? 
Uh, he's also available. Don't know. He's not a climber either, and he hadn't been a head coach. But um, why is Wink Martindale even available to talk to teams right now? Well, I think sometimes coaches just realize you, you can only go so far with a guy, um, which seems ridiculous. But, you know, apparently he's a favorite to get hired by Josh McDaniels and if he gets the Las, Las Vegas job. Um, I think he would come here and re- need a serious retooling of this defense from a personnel standpoint to run his defense. So um, that's kind of – I mean, I would put him on the list, but I, I just – I. I I don't know if it's realistic. I don't know if how he no. the- But you know Eagles fans, Mike. They want uh Big Fangio. They want Mike Zimmer. Yeah. They want Wink Martindale. They want somebody they heard of. That's sure. probably not the way this organization is going to go if they have to replace Jonathan Gannon. Nor do you I would want Big Fangio teamed up with Nick Sirianni. I think Why there's not? a chance. Well, there is a, a, a generational difference. There is a, uh, you know, a guy who probably has an ego in Big Fangio, and rightfully so. He might be the best defensive line in all of football. I just don't, I don't like the matchup. I, I right, think but didn't didn't I don't know about Mike, but I know you did. Kept telling me, how do they put a staff together without a veteran guy? All young guys are nice, but you need that 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 steady veteran hand. Yeah, I said that last it. year. So, now they so got now through they go it. it. Now they got through it. I don't want I don't want the the everything is fluid. Yeah, I think that was a valid criticism when they put the staff together. And even if it was a consultant, um, that type of thing. I I, I never wanted a overbearing coordinator with Nick Sirianni. I just wanted some kind of consultant with experience that he can lean on. And he was able to do that in different ways. Mike knows he brought in Mike McCoy. Always talked to Mike. Always talked to Frank Reich. He just went and brought in Jim Bob Cooter. He just went about it in different ways and talked to different people and did have sounding boards. They just weren't in the building for the most part. And you can do things in different ways. And I gave him credit for that because I th- that's another avenue. It's not something you typically think of. But I never wanted the guy with super experience as a head coach and the coordinator with Nick Sirianni. I think that would have been a, a bad soup, so to speak. Mike, your thoughts? Yeah, there? I mean, and and I think, you know, you bring up Jim Bob Cooter. He's probably the logical replacement for Kevin Petullo if he goes to yeah. Chicago. Um, look, I, I do think that there is some value in having experience. I do think, oddly enough, Mike Zimmer would make a lot of sense just because you know how much he loves run <laughs> a run a good running game. Yeah, um, he's going to get that on the other side of the ball. <laughs> um, and also, I think Mike Zimmer can can keep a lot of the same messaging. I also think he wouldn't be long for the team. Um, I think Mike Zimmer is going to land another head coaching job within the next few years. Um, and I think he would. I, I think he would benefit the the Eagles in a lot of ways. I think Fletcher Cox would like to play for him. He'd put Josh Sweat in a really good position. I think T.J. Edwards would evolve. I think the secondary would dig him. But you know, I, I don't know. I think I think all options are open. Again, I would keep an eye on Al Holt. All right, I'll I'll take any of your money that uh, Coach Zimmer never gets a head coaching job again. Uh, okay. I think that ship has sailed. I need you to get on the record. Uh, if we're not betting on Mike Zimmer, might be betting on the championship games this week. 
Bengals, Chiefs, Rams, 49ers. How do you see them break them down for us, guys? Well, I, I don't know. I, there's this weird feeling, like, that I get when I look at the 49ers. They have, like, this Eagles Super Bowl 52 kind of vibe to them where they sh- they're overachieving. They're not as good as their record, like, as what they're doing. Um, and I just kind of think that defense – is playing really well. I think Debo Samuel is an absolute X factor. I uh, love watching him play, by the way. I, I love watching not, Debo Samuel. Uh, as probably well documented on the show and everywhere, I am not a fan of the way that Les Need has built his team. Uh, I think when you try to build super teams, you're always going to fail in the biggest moments. And I think we've seen signs of the Rams being kind of... Hmm, I also think San Francisco is coming in. Didn't they beat them twice already? Yeah, six times in a row overall. Yeah, so uh, I think Kyle Shanahan's a significantly better coach than Sean McVay is. Um, I think Kyle Shanahan is who people think Sean McVay is. Um, And look, I I think anybody can run behind that offensive line. I think Trent Williams is the best left tackle in football. If he's playing, uh, you're going to have a really tough time getting any quarterback who's back there. Plus, I love the storyline of them trading up to draft Trey Lance. He's not going to touch the ball in the next two games, and the 49ers can win a Super Bowl with a guy that they seemingly were over. Um, So I I have the 49ers winning in a a close game. Uh, On the opposite side, I really would like to see a Bengals Super Bowl. Yeah, so would I. I think – oh, by the way – the only two times the Bengals have been to the Super Bowl, 81 and 88, they played the 49ers. 49ers yeah. So that could be an interesting, um, you know, history lesson there that week. But look, I think the Chiefs are a better team. I think they play very, very in sync on defense now after that really tough start uh, for Spags. And then offensively, it feels like they still have their groove, even with their lack of weapons. That said, the Bengals defense kind of matches up really well against them. They have extremely athletic linebackers. Jesse Bates is, is maybe a top three safety in the league. Uh, their corners are playing above their skill level. They can put up points left and right with T Higgins and Jamar chase and Tyler Boyd. Tyler Boyd, I think is one of the most underrated players in the entire league. Yeah. 266, um, by the way, Mike, that's what Jamar chase put up against the chiefs in week 17. Bananas. That's multiple bananas. You, you know how to spell it anyway. Um, but, and then you got Joe Mixon. I think, like, this this Bengals team seems to play up to its competition. If it plays the Raiders, they're they're having kind of a slog fest. If, they, if they're playing against, um, excuse me, uh, the Titans, they can have a defensive battle and a grind-out fest. Uh, and then, I, look, I think they can – adapt and and shoot out with with the chiefs i think it depends on their game plan and how crazy would that be from zach taylor two years ago having only two wins to to potentially getting the super bowl i think it's a great story um that said i think the chiefs win (laughs) after all that in a close one so i think we get a rematch of the super bowl uh two years ago uh chiefs 49ers which I don't think is a bad thing. I know everyone's rooting for the underdog of underdogs of these teams. And if you got to pick one, Cincinnati by far. So if you're an underdog leaner, yes, you're, you're going toward the Bengals. But I 
think Andy Reid has gone back to another one. And I love your point about Kyle Shanahan. Shanahan and McVay both have gone to one Super Bowl since they've taken over their teams, right? Mm-hmm. Shanahan's offense did not play all that badly in the game that they lost. They just got outshot by a guy by the name of Holmes, which he does to a lot of people. If I remember correctly, the uh, McVay's offensive show in the Super Bowl, hello, maybe the worst in the history of the Super Bowl, but somehow McVay is still the young super genius. And Shanahan's just this guy out there in San Francisco. Doesn't make any sense whatsoever. But Michael K always does whenever he jumps aboard with us. Mikey Mike, appreciate it greatly when you come on. Next time, know what kind of hat you got on, though. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't get yeah, my wrestling. Get... I didn't get my wrestling talk in. And why the hell Orange Cassidy's in the ring with Adam Cole? That's a but Tony Khan. I hope you're listening. Stop, stop it. Uh, and Tony Khan, if you're listening, I'm an Orange Cassidy guy. I am an Orange Cassidy guy. Mm-hmm. I, I know. know. I'm outnumbered. Stop it. No, no, about the music, stop but it. he puts on a decent show. He put on a decent show. By the, the way, other I'll night. be at AWA uh, AEW. And you know, like I said, you can tell how old I am. AWA. Uh, AEW in Atlantic City in February. I will be there. Are you going to take me? Are you taking me? Well, I got I got the press ticket. So, oh, you know, I don't. Want I'm to going go to see Tony. Tony. I like. Yeah. I like really just like you and we. Co- you know, we got, we all cover so many things. Yeah, like, I know. I, I refuse down. to mingle with the regular people, Mike. You know? Yeah, I like to be a man of the people. Yeah. I like to go out there. I like to. Chris Franklin went with me to an AEW show in newark and he he got an extra show by me showing up and, and <laughs> having quite a flu quite a few blue moons um but, <laughs> oh, oh no I, can i say that or are you not yeah, sponsor, like, no. people that mess with the sponsor well, yeah, hopefully I, we get blue moon as a sponsor because yeah, uh, there you go. i i'm still trying to check out the stateside vodka that john you're gonna get it i'll be there yeah hey Xander, without you. telling me so it's guaranteeing you a glass the actual vodka we don't know about, but well, you are going to get a glass. Yeah. Hey, that's a promise. This this might be a build yeah. up thing, so uh, expect the glass before Thanksgiving. Yeah, it'll no. be a oh, okay. My favorite beer stein just broke, so I need, need I need new new uh, that or uh, John's uh, wife will get you something to drink out of. But we're promising you something in the near future. Make sure it doesn't Mike. say Michael on it; that it says Mike. Michael, you know, Michael, it is. Michael, it is. Mikey, Mike, <laughs> have a great Mike. one, guys. Thanks, right, thank you. appreciate it. Mike K here with us on Birds 365. All right, uh, we only got a couple minutes left. John and I have to officially get on the record, make picks on the upcoming championship game. Stay here. Final seg coming up. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view. It goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want. Or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. You know you like being right. That's why you should enroll in an Independence Blue Cross plan. 
It's the health plan chosen by more people than any other. With more doctors and hospitals, more benefits that really rock, more of the coverage you want for the right price, including free doctor visits 24-7. It's a choice you can feel good about. Because when you're right, you're right. And when you've got Independence Blue Cross, you're right where you need to be. Call 1-844-200-2583 today to get an Independence Blue Cross plan. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Need two predictions out of you, McMullen, and we'll follow up the last segment first. Um, how late are we gonna? How, how long are we gonna have to wait before you get the Adam Cole versus? Uh, uh, oh, now his name's gone out of my mind. Uh, he's going up against MJF next week in Chicago. Why CM am I, Punk? CM. How the hell did I forget CM Punk's name? Uh, CM Punk against Adam Cole. How long are we going to have to wait on that? A really long time. I, I got, I got a lot of Tony Khan. I talk about all loves professional wrestling. I respect his love of professional wrestling. He likes to slow play things, which I think is smart for the most part. But when you, when you sign guys in, in the case of CM Punk, who's been gone for so long, you got to strike while the iron is hot. You have to take advantage and then hopefully you build from there. I think he's screwed that up. Adam Cole, he's uh, yeah. Adam Cole shouldn't be in there with Orange Cat. Just putting him in the ring. It's not about winning or losing. People thought he lost the match. I could care less about wins or losses. Just putting somebody with that kind of talent in with that nothing, you're lessening him. Yeah, lessening him. It's just Orange Cassidy carried carried Jericho. For a couple well, of uh, it's not about that. It's not about work rate. Yeah, you know, Chris Jericho is a star. Chris Jericho is also a hundred years old. No, that's what I Chris. mean. Yeah, but you, Chris, they're just skilled to be able to carry a guy who's a hundred years but old. In, and in, Orange in, Cassidy showed that in 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 a hundred years, you could go on professional wrestling, and if we're in a stasis, Jody, Orange Cassidy will never be Chris Jericho at any point in his career. Will never even snip that stratosphere. Well, then, he then just who do you, doesn't who do you have, have Adam McCole going up against next. If it's not time for uh, 
CM Punk and you don't want to see him against Orange Cassidy. He's got to wrestle. Well, no, it should Can't be time for CM Punk. And go Adam Cole, baby, by himself. You know, he you to, know, actually you, has to have an opponent, right? You know, you know who the stars are. The stars are the stars. Here's the problem with Tony Khan. He got a lot of criticism for pushing guys who weren't ready for TV when he started the company. Then he slowly brought in real talent, uh, the Daniel Bryans of the world, the CM Punks of the world, the Adam Coles of the world, uh, and people like that. And Kenny Omega's injured, but when he'll be back, he had certain guys, Cody Rhodes, even though people don't like him, certainly knows what he's doing, Chris Jericho aging, but on and on and on. These guys are legit main event professional wrestlers. They should be in the upper. Not everybody can be a star. doesn't mean you shouldn't be on the card, but that, that's a problem with AEW. They think everybody's a star. Not everybody's a star. If everybody's a star, nobody's a star. Yeah, but you got to develop some guys, too, if you're just cherry-picking Well, guys, I agree, like, but... Getting you, older you, from being program and bringing them in, that's not really saying well, what you need. you got to I, be, I, able, to, I, I, I be able to develop a star your own, too. And that's that's a big problem. And that might be the biggest problem in pro wrestling. You do have to develop stars. But it's like evaluating football players. Orange Cassidy ain't a first-round pick, all right? He's not going to be a star. That You have to uh, have the ability to evaluate that. Again, if you want to put him on the undercard. I know you know this, but I, I feel the need to point out to you. Two shows a week, 52 shows a year. Somebody's got to wrestle. You got to no, put products out there. You can't but just that... go, Orange Cassidy's not a star, so why the hell is he no, wrestling? No, no, no. You got to fill letting... a whole bunch of matches Jody, every single year. Jody, you're not letting me finish. I said it's fine if he's on the card. You put him in the second match, the third match. You need undercard people. He's not in the main stinking events. On a t- no, not with one of your biggest stars. Let, Keep them away. Cole out there every single week or ten out of twelve weeks. You only got so many guys. Ah, keep them, keep them away. Yeah, you're an orange. You're an orange Cassidy hater. There's just no oh, doubt about no it. No question you're, there. He's, you're a hater he, on the guy. He doesn't belong. I, and the reason why here. I want to see CM Punk against um, uh, Adam Cole, your boy Adam Cole, is because. You I just want to see Punk be able to say, say the same thing Roman Reigns did a couple of weeks ago. If I wanted to really fight a main line uh, headliner, I'd ask for your girlfriend. Uh, Roman yeah. said it about the uh, yeah. You just want to see, but you know the royal fight. the royal rumbles this weekend. Uh, Saturday night. I'll be watching that, by the way. Jody. No chance a, Rollins wins, right? That's a, I don't think so. But you're going to see Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar. All right, now you can say whatever you want. When you see those two guys, you know they're stinking stars. Sure. You might like them. You might dislike them. They're freaking stars. Now put them next to Orange Cassidy, Tony Khan. Be honest with yourself. Be honest with yourself. You're, it is a, you're, you're going to compare the second Wednesday in January to WrestleMania? Come on, Royal, Royal Rumble. That's what he's trying to do, not me. You That's are. what he's you're, trying you're, to you're, do. You're saying Orange Cassidy's supposed to be either Brock Lesnar or uh, Roman Reigns. We know that he's not. All right. Well, then, if you know that he's not, don't. which I know that he's not, don't put him in the stinking main event. It's this it, Again, it's the second Wednesday in January. It's not WrestleMania. Somebody's well, got to be Jody, there. They don't have a WrestleMania. That was what they coined Beach Brawl for some bizarre reason. It was in Cleveland, but whatever. 
That was their that was a big their whole thing is Wednesday nights. Those are big those are big things for them. They're trying to grow the company. They're trying to do that. They're trying to become an alternate. And we got to get our predictions. People are going too raw. So here's my predictions. Um Kansas City, Cincinnati is a shootout. Uh, Chiefs win it, though, 34-30. You know, Ira Kaufman turned me. I was going to pick the San Francisco 49ers. I'm picking the L.A. Rams because Ira pointed out that, and I knew it, but he just put it in the front of my head. You know, Raheem Morris saw that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were without Tristan Wirfs, and he put Aaron Donald outside at left end for a lot of the game and took advantage of it. He's going to do the same thing with Tom Compton. Uh, he's playing right tackle for the 49ers. Mike McGlinchey, a Philly kid, uh, had a quad injury. He's out. Tom Compton, not good. Aaron Donald, they're going to take advantage of that. The Rams are going to the Super Bowl. I'm going to take Shanahan over McVay and say the 49ers are going back. And I think the I, I think the Bengals can hang tough. Uh, seven is the right number of this game. Kansas City's probably going to win by a touchdown. But if you said it has to be less, it has to be more, I would lean toward less, which means I'd probably take the Bengals plus the points. But I think the much maligned Jimmy G, the orange Cassidy of NFL quarterbacks, Jimmy Garoppolo plays well enough for the four. By the way, Jody, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to give you this bold statement. Jimmy Garoppolo is better than orange Cassidy. You are a hater. Oh, my God, you're an Orange Cassidy hater. All right, that'll do it for the Mac and Mac, guys. Next week, another week of Birds 365 <laughs> right here on the Jacob Media YouTube channel. If you missed any of today's show on the Jacob Media channel, listen to the podcast on your way home. Available on YouTube, Apple, and Spotify. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.